Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Contracts, coaches, cricketers. Today's show might just be brought to you by the letter C, but there's suspensions making news as well. We'll take you through the latest on all of that. And, of course, time on is your say on the news of the day as we're doing it live from John Kane Arena tonight. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On, your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're at John Kane Arena this evening. Massive NBL clash tonight. Top of the table encounter, if you don't mind. Melbourne United looking for 12 wins on the march, and they come up against a team sitting three wins below them in second place. Last year's reigning champions, the Perth Wildcats. So that will be happening from about 7 o'clock tonight when Felix von Hoff joins me. We'll work our way through the ins and outs of that game. But before we get to that, time on, as we say, it's your say on the news of the day. So 1300 736 736, anything that you've been just itching to sink your teeth into, now is your chance. 1300 736 736. The news of the day Melbourne confirming the reports that came through last night that Christian Petrarca had signed. Uh, or extended his contract. He was uh, up for renewal at the end of 2022. So he's extended his contract for a further seven years, uh, which is a massive boost for the Melbourne Football Club. It's a big story for a guy that has taken his game to the next level. He's now among the elite on-ballers in the competition. He turns his back on the looming free agency, which was up at the end of next year. This was Christian Petrarca today speaking about the contract extension. No doubt, no doubt one, uh, whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's obviously very exciting. Um, obviously, there was a lot of um, thought to go into it. I think it's my whole career, pretty much. So um, to sort of map out a seven-year plan with the club is, uh, is really exciting. And I'm just happy with where the club's going and the direction we're sort of going and um, the people around me and the coaches. And um, yeah, I think it's just a really exciting time. And you said a seven-year contract extension, so you are effectively a demon for life. Are you excited to be playing rugby league for years to come? Yeah, I am. I think the last three years as a sort of player-coach option in there, so <laughs> I think I'm here for a long time. So uh, it's obviously very exciting. I'm, I'm very, very happy um, to be here. Obviously, the club put faith in me, drafted me, you know, in 2014, and um, all I want to do is repay that faith. And um, you know, I got such a great group of guys around me who I'm such close friends with, and um, yeah, I'm just really excited. Christian Petrarca today to the music, to, to a real funky sort of beat in the background. I'm not quite sure what the music was, but uh, the news itself is great uh, for the Melbourne Football Club. Depending on who you are, Simon Goodwin was certainly very happy when discussing it today. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's uh, brilliant for our club. You know, Christian's going to be a demon for life. And um, I think when you get you know a guy like Christian who... Got was a high draft pick. He came to your footy club in a phase where you're, you're rebuilding, and for him to make that type of commitment, and for the club to make that commitment for him, I think it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, and to to see what he's given our club so far, and to see what he's going to give it in the future is really exciting for us. So we're absolutely wrapped. He's a he's a great person. He's a, you know, he's going to be a great player. He's already, and um, you know, we're just looking forward to having a, a long career together. I mean, it's very very long. Some in 2029 be one of the biggest deals going around in the league. Was there any trepidation about that? Like, I mean, he's going to take him through till theoretically he's well into his 30s. I think that shows you the confidence that we've got in Christian. You know, I think he's a high quality player who's 
just getting better and better all the time. And his ability to play in the midfield, but also ability to play forward gives us a lot of confidence that he's going to have a, a very long career and, and play well into his 30s. So um, as a club, you know, we're very supportive of, of what was going into the, the decision making. And um, I just think it's a great show of faith from the club and also from Christian and the belief that he's got in our footy club. So, um, you know, as I said, we're out with the deal and um, I know Christian is as well. Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne coach, speaking about the news. Christian Petrarca extending his contract. Uh, he decides uh, against free agency and will be a demon for life. Well, who knows? At, at the ripe old age of 33, he could still want to keep going after that. Uh, but a seven-year extension to his contract. Averaging 29 disposals this year, which is in the elite category. He's elite for metres gained. He's elite for score involvements. And uh, that's just a couple of many a statistic that he rates uh, in that category for. Um, he just continues to improve. Simon Goodwin has said that he's now in the top couple of trainers at the club, and you can see that he is reaping the benefits uh, of that commitment uh, to getting himself in peak physical condition, and the results are there for all to see. So Sam Edmund today uh, detailed uh, the, I suppose, the inner workings, the finer points of the contract. This is just a, it's far too big a risk for me. And people will say, well, what are you going to do? Let him go. Let him walk to another club. Well, well no, you don't, have, you don't have to do anything. He's contracted until the end of 2022. So just keep your powder dry, Melbourne. There is no rush to go and sign Christian Petrarca now. You don't have to sign him until not even this time next year. So just wait 12 months. Find out how the team's going, how they're tracking. Are they ultimately successful this year with winning a premiership? Where are all the other pieces of the puzzle and other contracts? You just didn't need to rush into this deal. And uh, Collingwood did similar and with Brody Grundy and others, and it ripped the place apart. So you think at Melbourne, how's their salary cap going? So that was Kane Corns. Uh, apologies there. Kane Corns not wrapped uh, with the deal. He spoke about the fact there that he's 25 years old. He mentioned that when Dustin Martin signed his seven-year deal. He had already won or was about to win a Brownlow. He'd won a Norm Smith. He'd won a couple of best and fairest. quotes from Kane today. He's, this is far too big a risk for me, as you hear from Kane himself. Sam Edmund believes that the deal is worth more than a million dollars per year, which would make uh, the man that came third in last year's Brownlow and was uh, All-Australian in 2020, one of, the most, one of the highest paid players in the game. So D's fans, how does that sit with you? Seven years that are reported one million dollars a year, if that's true then is are you comfortable with that kind of contract and do you look at other contracts similar around the league and do you think they've been successful or do you think they've failed one 736 736 so when you talk long-term deals at big money there's a few that you can compare it to you can compare it to dusty who's a three-time norm smith medalist a brownlow medalist and a three-time premiership player you can compare it to buddy which was nine years which as we know, what makes Buddy's deal so successful is what he's done commercially and from a marketing point of view, from a ticket sales point of view, um, from all the other metrics that that ticks up there. Yes, they haven't won a premiership. They've been in two with Buddy there. Haven't tasted the ultimate success on field, but they certainly have reaped the rewards off field. And then you look at Brody Grundy uh, in the second year now of what we believe is a seven-year deal around that kind of money. Has that been a success? Brody Grundy, just inside the top 10 best and fairest last year, with six Brownlow votes, has said that he didn't quite like the hub situation, which is understandable, and has recently spoken this week about uh, not enjoying and being quite frustrated by the constant referral to that mega deal that he signed. So 1300 736 is the number to have your say on that or any other news stories of the day.
Greg's in Blackburn, who wanted to have a chat about the Christian Petrarca contract. G'day, Greg. G'day, buddy. Um, look, I'm, I'm really wrapped for uh, Christian Petrarca. I'm a 45-year member and, and paid-up member for uh, the D. Um, it's more than just a contract. It brings everybody else together that says, OK, this is where Pass are on finally. He's put faith in us. We put faith in him. In five years, a million dollars is probably going to be, you know, 1.5 for players like him anyway. And just him and Clary and, and all the group together, I, I think we're going to stick that. I'm worried about um, Wiedemann, whether he's going to go, because I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. But uh, good on him and, and good on Melbourne and good on him for sticking with us. I think it's fantastic. So as a D's fan, it doesn't trouble you the length of it because you, you're locked into that now. So anything can happen in that seven years. And uh, that's a major... If the salary cap at the moment is around 13.5 mil, that's a million dollars of it when there's up to 44 players on a list. Are you comfortable that you're tying someone up for seven years at a figure that high? Absolutely, I am. And just some yep. of the stuff... Yes, I am. I, I'm, I'm more than comfortable. He's, he's a gun, mate. He's a jet. Absolutely. You get no argument from me on that. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm more than happy and good on the D's. Uh, thank you very much, Greg. one 736 Interesting in the audio from Christian himself. I don't know if he was, it was tongue-in-cheek, but he spoke about there was a coaching component that could be factored in as well. So there's a clear uh, career path after footy that it looks like Christian Petrarca wants to follow. Uh, the other contract news, of course, is that giant stand-in skipper Toby Green has added another couple of years to his contract, which sees him a, a giant for life. He'll be there till the end of 2026. So he was tied up until 2024 on around what's believed to be $800,000 a year. Uh, so a man that's just done a brilliant job stepping into the breach for Steve Cornelio. Uh, a match winner, we know, one of the real stars of, of the competition. He's proven that since he entered it. Uh, they would be absolutely wrapped to secure him uh, for the rest of what we believe would be his career. So great news for the Giants with Toby Green re-signing uh, for that period of time. As well, one 736 736 off the Temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. The footy world continues to debate uh, the Bailey Fritch uh, tribunal decision last night where his one-week suspension was downgraded and he's free to play. And also the Paddy McCartan five-week suspension for, for punching Aaron Black in the VFL last week. This was uh, Sydney coach John Longmire uh, chatting to Jared Waitley today about uh, the Paddy McCartan incident. I think in the end it was a, um, you know, it's a, it's a significant su suspension for him. Um, he was disappointed, clearly. Um, it was a disappointing thing to occur. Uh, everyone, there was nothing positive to come out of it at all, Jared. Um, completely out of character, and we feel for Aaron, who um, who was on the receiving end of it. So in the end, it, it is what it is. It's a long suspension for him. It's going to be significant. If you talk about uh, weeks out in the in the VFL, it's a, it's a large part of the season for him. Um, but in the end, you know, he, he owns it. Uh, he's very regretful and, and uh, hopefully he learns from it. John Longmire speaking to Jerry Whaley, who asked John Longmire about what this might do to his aspirations of being taken by the Swans in the mid-season draft. You do have a little, a, a bit to do with him. Um, not as much, obviously, as your listed players. Um, and so he's not in every day. And, and obviously it's, it's tough for those, those fellas um, that, you know, that, that um, that have to still earn a living outside of of of, AF, of playing footy. They're, they're still trying to work, so you still catch up with those guys when you can. Um, 
in the end, it's it's sort of one step at a time. Um, it was trying to get him back uh, over pre-season, which he had to pass some certain protocols. He's only played probably three games, um, and then now this has occurred, and and uh, and we'll take a step back, reassess, and go again. Um, we're not sort of sort of projecting too far in the future. We're just taking one step at a time at the moment. One step at a time uh, in terms of Paddy McCartan. So five-week suspension. Haven't heard anybody say yet that that's about right. Um, for everyone that we've heard speak throughout the course of the day and since that decision's been handed down, uh, there's been um, just, I think, a state of shock from people about the leniency of that sentence when you compare it to similar incidences that got eight weeks, whether it be Andy Gaff, whether we've got the seven weeks, when we look at Barry Hall, the fact that that's only five weeks, clearly the AFL still lending most of the weight on its decisions to the outcome rather than the act. Uh, so because Aaron Black is right to go, free to play, clearly that means that it's uh, much more acceptable in terms of the way it's viewed from a tribunal point of view. But uh, I don't think there's anybody yet uh, that has commented on that today that thinks that that suspension is right. Uh, it is certainly far too lenient for what the action was without getting into the character assassination of Paddy McCartan, of course, uh, which has been a little bit disappointing uh, as well. But I think most people who know him have said that that's out of character, that's not who he is, um, but there's no excuse for the act itself. Uh, if you wanted to have a chat, if you wanted to listen to uh, Gary Lyon responding to Mark Robinson's view that because of the blood sugar uh, situation that was involved in where he was at uh, from a, an emotional point of view, uh, that is at sen.com.au at the moment as we just continue to roll on through the news of the day and your say on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Sam Edmund also reporting today uh, that the stadium capacities uh, for a couple of stadiums is set to change. This is what he had to say. No, we don't have that one. Uh, that's okay. Let me read out to you uh, what Sam Edmund had to say today. Marvel Stadium, GMHBO Stadium are going to move to 85% capacity this weekend. So the AFL have received approval from the Vic government for Victoria's uh, other venues apart from the MCG to um, pave the way for 85% capacity this weekend. The development has also um, put in motion supporters returning to their reserve seats from round nine uh, in what's a big breakthrough to fans. The um, reduced capacity in the stadiums and uh, within the seating bays had seen a lot of people unable to sit with their family, their friends, uh, in the seats that they'd paid for and occupied for many years, which was a source of frustration for a lot of footy fans. But the league has been able to restructure the seating configuration and, and that's going to ensure a return to the normal arrangement. So fans are going to be able to download a digital membership card from their club on their smartphone to gain entry without having to register for their seat. So supporters without a smartphone, they're going to be provided alternative instructions by their respective clubs. So that's good news. We know these things uh, have caused difficulties for some fans, especially without mobile phones. Uh, so the general public and members without specific reserve seat entitlements, they'll still need to register for tickets through the ticket agency. So the whole story is up, sen.com.au if you want to find out the, the finer points of that. But that's a, another little good news story uh, today from an AFL point of view. Um, Mark in Bacchus Marsh wanted to change tack for a minute. Uh, Mark, hello to you. G'day. How are you, mate? I'm good. What have you got for me? Right. We'll just slam through them quickly. The fix thing, I think that was... Strap a myself I think, in. Yeah, I'll just go bang, bang, bang in point, in point four. I think the fritz thing was a square up for the May elbow. Um, Hawkins got off and I think they let Fritz off because, you know, similar reasoning. So that's that. 
Um, Which is, sorry, what was the reasoning? Oh well, well Hawkins got May with a similar thing that elbow that broke that broke his eye socket a couple of weeks ago. And May missed a game. I just think the Fritz thing is a bit of a square up back to Melbourne for what nice. occurred to from Hawkins. Righto. So the conspiracy that, theory angle there. Okay, what's the next one? Um, I think the Melbourne administration lacked composure, and I agree with Kane Corn. And C. Now this whole challenge. You know, um, captain's call, captain's challenge thing with the umpire. Yeah, Tim Watson put this on the agenda a couple of weeks ago and there's been people that have uh, jumped on the back of that and uh, it's just gaining a little bit of traction, Mark, and apparently there's a story tonight about maybe even that Joel Selwood is a fan of the idea. What are your thoughts? Okay, so a couple of things there. The ramifications, or i.e. collateral damage, would be the, the AFL and even the networks would have to invest in super slow cameras because we're going to have to know for sure. These cameras, as you know, aren't good enough with the yes. goal reviews. I'm a broken so, record with that. So if they're going to implement it, they're going to have to go to the super slow-mo camera. So at least we're going to get good goal reviews out of the collateral damage. <laughs> the, <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I know that's one of your bugbears. So it is, Mark. It, it is. It should happen. Uh, if you're going to do it, spend the money to do it right, David Attenborough. This is a line I stole from Jared Crouch uh, last year. He pointed out the fact that if David Attenborough's got cameras that can slow down a hummingbird's wings so you can see each individual beat, then if we're serious about getting this right, then that's the cameras we need to invest in. But keep going. And B, if you actually look at it, say it was implemented this season already and there yep. were challenges and the way a few games have gone, have a look and, and change the ladder, <clears throat> ladder around accordingly. So Brisbane uh -huh. get a win, Geelong yep. lose a win, but then Geelong yep. pick up a win against Sydney. Now, yep. so Sydney then lose a game, but did they also pinch one from... Was there a contentious one with Essendon a few weeks back? Oh, and would they have, And then if they also had that and lost that, then Sydney fall out of the eight, Frio go in, Brisbane move up the ladder. So, yeah, just play a little bit of checkers with the ladder if you use that system and see what you reckon. Mark, you've come with homework, you've come with data, you've come with research, and I absolutely love it. Thank you very much for doing so. I really do appreciate it. Uh, that, that's fantastic stuff. The only thing I wonder, in, if it was to ever be implemented, I wonder how many captains would have the fortitude to hold off on making that challenge until the last moments of the game, because every time a decision's made, you can almost bet your bottom dollar that a player is not happy with it. So... Geez, the use of it is going to be all important. You're either going to be Shane Watson um, or I can't even think of who does it really well. Someone will tell me who uses the review really well from a cricket point of view. 0433 98 11 16. Hey, David's in Frankston. Stay right there. We'll come back on the other side of this. As we're doing it live from John Kane Arena, time on this evening. Your say on the news of the day, 1300 736 736 on SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, from John Kane Arena tonight, time on. Your say on the news of the day from after seven. United Live, myself, Felix von Hoff, Melbourne United taking on Perth Wildcats. So top of the table clash. It's going to be a ripper this evening. one 736 736 of course. Uh, Took Miller's going to join me, the Gold Coast Suns vice-captain, after 6.30. Really looking forward to catching up with him. They've got back-to-back -back wins after that dog stumping. Uh, and they've got the Saints at home this weekend. A real chance to go three in a row. Dave's in Frankston who wanted to talk about the Christian Petrarca contract. G'day, Dave. 
Hi, hi, Sam. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you for calling. Um, the Petrarca thing, I find it really interesting. I just wonder how the soldiers feel about this. It's a team game and they go one soldier in, one soldier out. If there's too big a gap between the have and the have-nots, you lose harmony. Now, it's pretty hard to get an honest answer from a player because, of course, they, they need their champions, but if there's too big a gap, I think it can cause discontent in the long run. And who knows, that's part of the problem at Collingwood at the moment with Brodie Grundy. So it's a fine balancing act there with the, with the salary for the champions and the outstanding stars of the game. It's a great point you make, Dave, and there's different lines of thinking that clubs have gone down with it. Clearly, the Richmond view is that they do have Dusty on that kind of money at that kind of length of contract, but everybody, it seems, has bought into that. They understand that this guy is a once-in-a-generation player in Dusty. Uh, he is something special, and they all fall in behind that, whereas other teams have tried it and it hasn't worked, and maybe Collingwood's a good example there, whereas teams like Geelong... Brisbane, Hawthorne in their successful eras, they really did spread their money uh, and their best players who would have got that kind of dosh elsewhere took a lot less to make sure that they kept that group together and then were able to taste the ultimate success. So it's 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 really just all about your value system, I suppose. It's it's really about the, the, the path that you think is the path that's going to lead you to success and sustain success. So Richmond's model has worked, but I think it takes a lot of things to fall into place for it to work, whereas we've seen clear-cut examples before of where you keep those the best players like your Petrarcas and Olivers and Gorns and Salems and, and keep them all on around you know a similar amount, but probably at much less than they'd get elsewhere. But the, the carrot is the success that you'll be able to get with a deeper batting lineup. Um, than what you might have with a couple of really high top earners. So it's it's horses for courses. will be fascinating to see how it turns out. But they do have Gorn locked in uh, for another few years. Same with um, Salem and same with Oliver. So who knows? It could... And we've heard Melbourne speak about this year that the thing that's changed for them is to trust in each other and that they're looking to be a selfless team. So we'll see, Dave. It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. Kane Corn's not impressed with the amount or the length. Um, I get nervous about really long-term deals, um, but the proof will be in the pudding. I really appreciate your call. Off the text, 0433-98-1116. Petrarca's deal is a ripping deal for both him and the Ds. It is under one mil back-ended, according to this text. Giving the money to chase merit plus a salary cap will increase once we get through the pandemic. There's no guarantee of that. That's the other thing about long-term deals. The, 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 the TV rights, I think, is up in a year or two, and all the broadcast deals have got to be redone. Um, we all assume that they go up, but I think if COVID's taught us anything, you don't assume anything. So you just have to wait and see on that. You know, what's a, what's a million now of a salary cap? Who knows what that might be when the next TV rights deal gets negotiated. Off the text, I'm sure Melbourne would have offered four to five years and, would, and then would have been railroaded into a seven-year deal to stop him being shopped around. That's from Mike. Uh, and then about the captain's challenge, every team, says Dean, should have a captain's challenge, like the NFL. They stop the play to review calls. Uh, and then this text, Captain's Challenge. Great. Another thing that will artificially extend the game. So mixed reviews on the idea of a Captain's Challenge. Uh, one 736 736 Keep the calls and texts coming through. Uh, Took Millet to join us on the other side of this time on from John Kane Arena on SEN.
Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Welcome back to Time On. Sam Hargraves at John Kane Arena this evening. A couple off the text. Uh, do we need a captain's challenge for every goal missed from 30 metres out for a bad kick or handball? Players make more mistakes that affect the outcome of a game than that. John in Brisbane. It's a great point you make, John. I actually tend to agree with you. Sam, the curious case of contracts. Carlton have Cripps and Mackay coming out of contract. Walsh out of contract next year. Big contracts to Saad, Williams and Martin. I'm a very nervous Carlton supporter. Uh, that's from Aaron. Uh, 0433981116. The temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. Hey, thanks to Spirit of Tasmania. You could toss the coin at North v Collingwood on Saturday. Enter iCanWin.com.au before the end of today. So do that now. Uh, just quickly before we get to Took Miller, who's uh, standing by, ABC reporting that Cricket Australia are going to move 38 players, commentators, coaches and officials of the uh, Australian persuasion out of India to the Maldives or Sri Lanka. Nick Hockley, the interim chief, uh, is quoted as saying they are working on arrangements to repatriate them as quickly and as safely as possible to move them out of India until they can get back to Australia. Uh, so that is a, an updated development. Jerry Waitley really strong on it this morning. SEN.com.au to hear the podcast of that. Hey, the Suns have won two games in a row. This man has been absolutely firing back-to-back 30-plus games. He's the vice-captain of the Gold Coast Suns, uh, and he's been good enough to jump on the line with us. Took Miller, hello to you. How you going? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Where are you off to, by the way? Uh, just out to the hinterland, uh, like Lower Beach, Beachmore, I think it's called. So, oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, should be should be nice. That's a wonderful part of the world up there. Hey, um, it's a nice feeling, isn't it, stringing some wins together? How big an occasion for you guys as a club was it to get that win against the Pies? I saw, and I've used this uh, stat many times over the last weekend and this week, that uh, so Swamp Thing put up a stat that Scott Pendlebury alone had played more games and kicked more goals at the MCG than your whole 22 combined. So you don't get to be down there a lot, and you haven't had a heap of experience there as a team, but what a, an occasion it was. How much did it mean to the group? Yeah, you're right. Um, I the first time I've heard that stat. It's pretty pretty amazing. So we, um, I think we probably didn't probably didn't um, sink in for the whole for the whole entire club until post game. Like we 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 knew we were going out at, down there to win a game of football, um, and you know we try to you know perform as best we could, and we and we obviously came out on top. And I think that related that then transferred into after the game, you look back and you go, you know, beating the Pies on one. On their home deck at the G's, a pretty significant task. So, um, and they're under a pump a fair bit at the moment. So it was um, probably even more for them. So, yeah, it was it was massive for the club. Really I, big win. I think the crowd was twenty four thousand and something. I think you guys had the and something, and then there was about twenty four thousand. Yeah. But what about the noise that there was only a small pocket of Suns fans that had either made the journey or a base down here, but they started to really make some noise. How how does that feel when you when you hear that? It's little when you're building a club. It's little things like that that I reckon would mean a hell of a lot. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it's amazing when you get like you said, only small, but. They make heaps of noise. They have mm. the drums there. Um, they have, you know, the, the few fans that were there making heaps of noise, and we gave them a reason to. Um, I, I just love the fact that we we still get supporters to games like that, um, even given the travel. And we know we've got some supporters in Melbourne, and even if it's your second team, um, supporter is a supporter, and um, yeah, obviously super thankful that 
we had a bit of a crowd there to, to give us a bit of love when we were doing well. The turnaround from the loss to the Western Bulldogs, because that was a pretty dire first half, and you're able to find something out of that game in the third quarter. What, what's been, what's gone into it after that? So you have a loss like that, automatically, you know, the Wolves are at the door in terms of, geez, are they are they getting any better, and where are they at? And it's the same story you've been hearing your whole time up there. Talk us through what's changed and, and, and how you were able to come out of that loss and then put together the performances you have over the last two weeks. Um, yeah, it's funny. We, you know, we're probably a bit um, secluded up in the Gold Coast in terms of media. So the access they had to, to us in terms of bringing us down from that game wasn't significant compared to some other states. And I reckon that probably played a bit of a role in the fact that we knew that our you know, first half wasn't acceptable in that game, but we actually had a massive week that week in terms of um, you know, turning our headspace around as to what we can do and what we can control. And that was the third quarter. And, you know, the, the dogs, to their credit, they're probably the number one side still in the comp. Um, and you know, they've put some, heavy, some big wins on the board already. And I think that for us, we, we look at that and go, we didn't deliver in the first half, but we matched them and beat them in the third and that's what we're capable of. Um, so we, our whole week was surrounding that that pure um, transition from like the first half to the third quarter and what that looked like as a team. Because um, that easily could have been a 100-point loss for us. Um, but we we didn't make it that. and We, we actually fought our way back. Um, and I also think on top of that, the fact that um, we had a we had a really good uh, Wednesday session. Like our main training session was probably the most intense it's been for that whole entire year. Um, so it probably went came out on the on the game against Sydney, um, which was really good. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a list of factors that could probably take you through that accounted for why we're, we're putting on the performance. But I think our process that we, if we stick to it and we and we know what we have to do uh, as a squad, we're going to do really well. So. Really impressive, the performances as well, given you haven't had a recognised Ruckman. So the work that you and your fellow midfielders in Dave Swallow and Noah Anderson, what a step up he's taken in his second year in the absence of his best mate, Matt Rowe. But Hugh, Hugh Greenwood's the one that I, I just couldn't... I was amazed. At, he and you, you've come off uh, consecutive 30-plus possession games, but his work in the middle has been enormous as well. I think of his 26 disposals on the weekend, 21 were contested. Um, you guys have had to really step up and, and in the absence of having no recognised ruck, what's gone into that and how have you approached each week? Yeah, um, you're probably right. I think, well, one, it starts with the, the bloke in Caleb Graham and, and Chris Burgess who have, yeah. and even Huey at some times to take that role on. The blokes who aren't ruckmen um, to then just step up and give us a contest. That's all we ask for is the number one thing is just to give us a contest. They don't have to be fancy or anything like that. They get to a scramble. Um, and then let out, let us let us mid go to work. Um, and like you said, like someone like Huey, where he's a contested player, like you know, if we get into a scramble and he gets his hands on it, he gives us the best opportunity to go forward. And um, you know, we probably do do a little bit of extra homework to make sure that we understanding of what their ruckman want to do, how they want to play. But in saying that, sometimes it just comes down to who, who kind of wants it more. And um, when it gets into that live scramble, you know who. We can get their hands on the footy first. So, um, yeah, that's probably where we're at at the moment. And uh, it's worked so far. Speaking to Took Miller, Gold Coast Suns vice-captain. Took, you you got drafted in 2014, pick 29, a uh, former Vic Metro captain as well. From very early on when you are up there, you, you, the, the reports had come through, whether they were true or not, that you were very vocal in, if you're here, you're here. If you're not, see you later. We're, we're trying to build something here. You're bought in from the moment that you stepped in the door. 
what's gone into it from your point of view in terms of the culture change? Because there's been a real shift in and getting people to buy in, to, to sign up, to, to set up their uh, either in or out kind of thing. And, and you were, it was reported quite vocal on that early with people that had been there much longer. From your point of view, what's gone into it since you've been there to get it to where it is now, where it is a club that you want people to, to come up to, to stay at and to invest in and buy into? Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I think um, well, the, the one number one important thing is making sure that you know the blokes who come up here, like you said, they want to be up here and they want to play footy for Gold Coast. They don't want to just come up here for a couple of years and you know see where their footies are. And mm. uh, they actually want to invest in the team. And yep. I think over the course of years that I've been here, you know, it's been a slow build. But in saying that, I'm probably pretty lucky that I've been able to see that build to where to get to where we are right this by this very second, but, and there's still obviously a long way to go, but I think for us, having blokes that have the attitude that, you know, they're at an AFL club and they want to win premierships, um, they enjoy the company that they're with, with the blokes they're playing with, um, I think that's just, it's the most important part, um, and I think any team will tell you, like, attitude's probably everything, and if you got, you know, a whole entire list with the, the right attitude towards the club and where's the direction they want to take it, then um, you're going to be a lot better off, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's been a numerous amount of steps that um, the club's taken from, you know, player listings and, uh, you know, coaching staff, high-performance staff. Um, I've seen a lot of people come and go, but uh, I think we've finally found a, a little patch where, you know, things are actually really starting to look upwards for us and, um, you know, we feel comfortable with, with who we have in the right roles and um, that we can. this is the type of group that can take us to, to a premiership. If you were asked into a recruiting meeting for either someone that the club was looking to draft or someone that the club was looking to recruit, and they looked at you and said, tell me what the DNA of this team is and tell me what the DNA of this club is, why should I come and play there? And it's not about selling it, but what's your answer to that question in that situation? Oh, I honestly would just say we're, we're a club that, that wants to win premierships. Like we, We're a hungry club. It's just it's 100%. I know a lot of the blokes that we have are obviously on the younger side, but um, even without selling it, we just have a lot of blokes who are on the list who are hungry to play AFL football and win games of football. So they're not just happy to be there, but they also, you know, want to win games. Um, so that's, that's the most important part. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's what probably where I'd leave it, to be honest with you. And for you, I know everybody that has knows anybody that's at the Suns knows that you're the hardest worker there or one of the hardest workers at the club. You're surrounded by talent and you're one of those people as well. So it's a given. You know you've got all these early draft picks up there. You know that there's a heap of talent up there. What do you look for? What are the signs that you look for in a player that steps through the door now? Because you know they're going to have talent because you've had those early picks. What is it that you're looking for in, in the people that are running out to training and running out to play with you each week? Oh, it's, their ability to, it's their ability to give back to the team. And um, I think when you work, walk through the door, like I just found when I first step foot in the club, you just want to earn respect from your teammates and you want to have trust that you know that that bloke's going to do and play his role for the team. Um, I don't really care how, how much talent you have. I can name off a list of heaps of players that um, probably don't have as much talent as some others that are still playing in the team purely because um, their work rate and their ability to get their headspace right um, and their attitude towards training and games um, is what we need. So, um, yeah, I think... Anyone who was walking in the door at the club, it's about how do you earn the respect of the players and the trust of the team, and then how can you execute your role best. Um, so you only got to look at Richmond to, to, to know that's um, 
what it takes. So. Yeah, I love it. Um, we got good news today. We hear that Matty Rowell's out of the, out of the brace and walking around, which is a good sign for the club. Is he getting ready? Is there an earlier than expected return for him, or it's just on course and on on, on track as nah, per? just on. Yeah, no, he's just on course. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes those little um, baby steps are really cool, and you, things like taking your brace off, you feel like you're probably getting somewhere for him, which is really good. Um, but he, yeah, he's just he's on the course that he needs to be. Um, you know, he, he's a ridiculously hard worker, so there'll be no dramas when he comes back in. Um, but he'll he'll be ready to play football. So, uh, and just last one from me: You're still doing the surfboard shaping in your spare time. I was watching a, a doco on a on a flight many years ago, and I saw that it was something you like to do in your spare time. Is it is it a career that awaits you after footy, or is that sort of fallen by the wayside? Uh, no, I don't think it'll. Uh, I don't think I'll pick it up post footy. I know that. I found out very uh, not too long after that that it's that bad for you, sucking in all the fumes. But um, <laughs> I think golf's golf's taken a new addiction to right. me, so I'm sticking to that at the moment. Well, you got some beautiful courses up there, mate. I'll let you get back on the road. Enjoy the little sabbatical uh, midweek, and good luck against uh, the Saints at home this weekend. Beauty, thank you very much. Took Miller, Gold Coast Suns vice-captain. They've got the Saints this week at home. You'll hear that game on AFL Nation. Uh, check it out, sen.com.au, to get the call teams and uh, and all the times for that game. And uh, they've gone very nicely for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Swans, they knocked off to the tune of 40 points. They're in the top four now. Collingwood as well at the MCG last week. So hopefully, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, just things starting to build nicely for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, we're at John Kane Arena tonight. It's Melbourne United taking on the Perth Wildcats. Felix von Hoff to join me after 7 o'clock. A couple of things to wrap up as we'll uh, tie a little bow around Time On uh, for your Wednesday night on SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, still got time to work through a couple of calls and texts before we turn our attention to what's going to take place at John Kane Arena tonight. Melbourne United and Perth Wildcats, top of the table, NBL clash. Felix von Hoff just limbering up in the corner, ready and raring to go after 7 o'clock. But Joe's in point, Cook, who wanted to talk Bailey Fritch and his suspension. Well, now not a suspension after he was successful at the tribunal challenging that last night. Joe, hello to you. How are we tonight? Really well, thank you. That's good. No, just interesting. If you've been interested in seeing how the tribunal would have gone if Melbourne weren't doing so well, being seven games in, he's in good form, all Australian form. It'd be just interesting to see if they were three and three, maybe mid table, if they would have just kept pressing and said, No, nah, it's a high so a high contact and you're gonna stick with the one match. If it was a different club, I reckon the outcome would have just stayed the same. What do you base that on, Joe? I reckon they pick and choose. It's all about keeping fans happy. Yeah, uh, thank, look, thanks for your call. That's tending to go down the more conspiracy theory path as well. What I would say in regards to Bailey Fritch, the moment that the AFL deemed that what Paddy Dangerfield did, raising a forearm to protect himself, and that once they ticked that off, even though... The outcome for Nick Bloston was as severe uh, as it can get. The moment that they ticked that off from the grand final, you, you get, you're going to have a really hard time making a one-week uh, suspension stick to a guy that's got the ball in his hand. And whilst I was okay with a one-week suspension, I can certainly see why challenging it, they've been successful in it. Um, they pointed to the fact that Christian Petrarca 
uh, had maybe contributed to that as well, uh, pushing Tom Powell towards him and, and getting him low, lower than he would have been and arriving quicker than he would have in the time that there was left. So, yeah, I think the moment that Paddy Dangerfield got the tick last year, this was always going to be really hard to uphold. Hey, uh, a big thanks to all your calls and texts throughout the evening. Keep them coming through. Uh, we've got the NBL up next. Melbourne United, Perth Wildcats from John Kane Arena. It is up straight after this. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.